Hey there, and welcome to the Love, Laugh, Let It Go podcast. I'm Lindsay, and if you're anything like me, you've let perfectionism, timelines, and the opinions of others control your life and hold you back. Yikes. Girl, it's time to change that, and I'm so glad you're here. On this podcast, we're all about loving ourselves, laughing as we figure life out, and letting things go that stand in the way of living the lives we've dreamed of. So let's freaking go as we love, laugh, and let it go together. Hey, 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 and welcome to a new year, friends, and another episode of Love, Laugh, Let It Go. We went on, you know, like a two-week hiatus, but we are back, and we, well, meaning me, but hopefully you too, are super excited And today's episode, I think, is going to end up being one of my favorite episodes because we are talking all about mental health and therapy again. And I think with it being winter and having just come out of the holiday season, a lot of people, perhaps you, are experiencing a series of emotions, feelings, and anxieties. But before we get started, I'm going to do what I always do and give you a very brief recap of the last couple of weeks since I do expect today's episode to be a little bit longer than usual. But over the last two weeks, you know, did some traveling. Um, and for the first time since I was born, I spent the holidays away from my family, which was really kind of a little bit sad, but also like super thankful for FaceTime because we were able to do our, you know, unwrapping of the Christmas gifts on Christmas Eve over FaceTime. And my face was on the big screen TV over the fireplace mantle, which I think pretty much makes me a Christmas stocking. So you're welcome, family. <laughs> but that was nice. And also like spent some time out on the water kayaking, spent some time laying out by the pool in the sunshine, like so much better than the winter activities I would be doing in Maine, which um, is like none because I'm not a winter person. <laughs> Read some books and perhaps most importantly, found a new therapist down here in Florida. And because I'm going through the new patient process, I thought it was a great time to do an episode about therapy since the getting started is fresh and top of mind. You know, I've had lots of life changes and events, and some of those things are causing a little bit of stress, and it was becoming slightly overwhelming. So before I exploded, um, I decided to take that as my sign to dig in and commit to finding a new therapist. So with that, Let's get started. So it's a new year and, you know, people make resolutions. And while having resolutions are wonderful, I think working on personal growth and facing issues that may be hindering you from living your happiest life is even better. You know, we're two years into this pandemic now, which certainly isn't making life any easier. And so I would encourage you to make this the year that you commit to changing your life for you for the better. And so I'm super excited about this episode because I've spoken to all kinds of people about their experience with therapy. Uh, So there are going to be a number of different perspectives that I'm able to share. And while I am most definitely not a mental health expert or professional, I do consider myself to be a mental health advocate. So the information I'm sharing today is based on my personal experience, the experience of others, and information I've researched online. If you have serious questions or concerns about starting therapy, 
I think it would probably be best for you to contact your primary care doctor or a mental health professional uh, who is equipped to answer those questions, uh, but I'm happy to answer like little one-offs or maybe help point you in the right direction. And while I hope you'll find this episode helpful, if you or someone you know is experiencing an urgent mental health crisis, please contact emergency services such as 911 immediately. So with that, let's get started in this process. Um, And well, even before we do that, I guess, if you haven't listened to episode seven, I go into my whole process of originally finding a therapy and getting into therapy and what that looked like. So I would really encourage you to listen to that. I'm not going to recap that whole process in today's episode, but we are going to go into a little bit more depth as to how to get started and what you can expect and, you know, what people like about therapy, what people don't like about therapy and all of this stuff. So I really do hope you find this helpful or, you know, maybe you have a friend who will find this helpful and you'll share it with them. So in getting started, I think it is most important to decide if you prefer to do therapy in person, over the phone, or over like a video conferencing platform. Uh, with COVID, I think this has made therapy even more widely available. Um, I personally prefer to do in-person therapy. I like that one-on-one interaction, but I know a lot of people are actually very uncomfortable with that, which is why it is so nice that now you can do therapy over the phone or over a secure video conferencing platform. Um, That will really help you start narrowing in your search because some therapists are only doing online and by phone appointments right now. Um, But if you want to do in-person therapy, that will rule out a whole bunch of people. Um, Then I think you need to consider if you have a preference in gender for a therapist because some people are more comfortable talking with a male. Some people are more comfortable talking to a female. Um, and that just, that's a total preference thing. Um, and then if you are going to do an in-person therapy session, how far are you willing to travel to see a therapist? Are you looking for somebody 10 minutes away? Are you willing to travel an hour? Because that will help, you know, narrow your scope. Um, few things that I think are helpful to consider when you are looking for a therapist is like what specialties they might need to have some expertise in, um, whether that be like ADHD, anxiety, eating disorders. I mean, so many things, substance abuse, um, because some therapists, that is their specialty and that's where you should look. And other therapists like are kind of wide open across the board. Um, then consider how much money you can spend on therapy. And if you're going to be doing like a private pay out of pocket, or if you're hoping to bail through your insurance, because some therapists don't accept insurance and it's strictly private pay. So again, that will help you to narrow in on what you're hoping to get from a therapist and hopefully save you a lot of frustration as you start to then reach out to therapists. So once you've, you know, kind of made this little list of preferences that you have going on, then you can really start to look for a therapist. And as you start to reach out to therapists, make sure to ask first and foremost if they're accepting new patients. As I was talking to a number of people before I recorded this episode, uh, they weren't asking that question up front and they were having a conversation and then it would come out that they weren't accepting new patients and they became frustrated. So I would actually start with that question. Um, are you accepting new patients? And 
if they're not accepting new patients, it might be appropriate to ask if there's somebody that they could refer you to. Uh, because, you know, everybody has a network. Therapists have networks. So they might know somebody who is accepting new patients who could end up being a good fit for you. But I also want to say that as you reach out to therapists, sometimes they won't call you back, which is very frustrating. Um, I experienced this, but I think it's important to remember that like everyone, therapists are people, they're busy, they have lives outside of their job, you know, they're not perfect. So you need to take the onus on yourself to be persistent until you find the help that you are seeking. Uh, And this might mean that you reach out to a number of therapists and nobody gets back to you. Hopefully that does not happen. Um, And then you kind of have to start that process all over again. And while I do understand that that can be super discouraging, remind yourself that you are worth the energy it takes to find the help you need. And in the end, it will be totally, absolutely 100% worth it. So just a few things to consider. Uh, But then once you do that, you're probably wondering, how do you even find a therapist? Well, there are a number of ways. And again, I reached out to a number of people and had them respond about their experience. So, you know, some people are very comfortable and open about their mental health. So a referral from friends might be appropriate. Like if you're comfortable with that and you want to throw it up on your social media platforms and see if anyone has any recommendations, that might be a really good way for you to find a therapist. Um, there is a website. There are also, like, there are actually a number of websites, really, but there is a website. It's betterhelp.com and it is a subscription based platform where, from what I could find, you pay anywhere from like $60 to $90 a week. Um, and then you are matched with a therapist, usually within a few days. And the therapists are qualified and licensed by their state's professional board. And then you have options to text, live chat, talk on the phone, or video call with that therapist. Uh, Again, from what I could find with BetterHelp, confidentiality is taken seriously. Uh, If you don't like the therapist you're matched with, they will rematch you with somebody else who might be a better fit for you. And you can cancel your subscription at any time. So some people only need therapy for a short period of time to work through something. Sometimes people need therapy for an extended period of time. That website is betterhelp.com. From what I could find, they do not accept insurance and they are not an in-person based, you know, therapy session. It's all over the internet and over the phone. Um, Another resource that some people have had luck with is called Teladoc. Um, and that seems to match you with a therapist in your general area. Um, I couldn't really dive into this particular resource because in order to get all of the information you need, you need to set up an appoint or an account rather to get started. Um, but again, I've talked to a few people who had good luck there. Uh, so that website is Teladoc, T-E-L-A-D-O-C dot com. Again, that seems to be um, all over a virtual platform, not an in-person option. Sometimes the best thing you can do is get a recommendation from another therapist. So for example, let's say you've been in therapy before and you are moving to a new location and so you can no longer see your therapist. They might know somebody in that area that you're moving to that 
would be a good fit for you. Or maybe your therapist is leaving your area so you can no longer see them and now you have to find a new therapist where you already are. Again, asking them for a referral to somebody in that area might be appropriate because they know what you know works for you and they might have a trusted network of colleagues that they would be more than willing to share with you. So always worth asking or maybe you have a friend or a relative who's seeing a therapist who maybe might not be a good fit for you, but they can make recommendations. So again, use your resources. Always ask. The worst thing that's going to happen in that case is that people don't have any recommendations and then you can do this other list of stuff. My personal favorite resource and where I've had the best luck at connecting with therapists is psychologytoday.com. And what I really like about this platform is that you're able to filter therapists by area, gender, specialty, and all kinds of things like that. So you don't waste your time just Googling mindlessly, which, you know, might work, but also could be super frustrating because you're just finding all of these therapists who don't specialize in what you need them to specialize in. Um, I will get into psychologytoday.com a little bit more when I share with you what I just recently went through. Uh, but we have a few more options. Like, guys, there's options. I know finding a therapist can seem super overwhelming, and especially when like you're experiencing overwhelm in your life, but I promise you it is not as hard as you've probably told yourself in your mind. So you can also go through your insurance. A lot of companies offer mental health as a benefit. And so perhaps you go to your insurance company website, maybe they have a virtual assistant on there and help pull a list of therapists that are covered by your insurance in your area. Um, And, you know, that's a great way to go. Um, Also, just talk to your primary care physician. Uh, A lot of people get referrals from their primary care physician. And, Again, having these mental health conversations with your primary care doctor isn't a bad thing. Um, I think some people view it as a bad thing. And, you know, there is obviously, unfortunately, still a stigma with mental health. But I think the more we have these conversations, the more normalized it will become. Um, So, again, just to like recap that, there are a number of websites, betterhelp.com, teledoc.com, psychologytoday.com. Uh, You can ask friends, you can, you know, go through your insurance, you can talk to your doctor, you can talk to other therapists. Um, There are so many options and so many resources available. And I really, really hope that if you are considering therapy, that you lean into at least one of these resources um, and give yourself the gift of, you know, working towards happiness. So... Uh, Again, before we continue, I think it is important to remind people um, that a lot of people, myself included, don't vibe with their first therapist. And I think it's important as you start going to therapy to focus on why you want to be there and what your own personal goals are. And if you don't vibe with that first therapist rather than quitting therapy, try to find a new therapist. You know, not everyone is going to be a good fit for you. Uh, I mean, I think that can be said across the board in life, like friends, relationships, jobs. There's so much in life that just it you don't vibe and you move on and you find new friends, you find new relationships, you find new jobs. Sometimes you have to find a new therapist. And yes, again, overwhelming, but not impossible. 
So many people have done it. If they've done it, you can do it. I know you can do it. I have all of the faith in the world. But um, just know that, you know, while it can be frustrating, there is a light at the end of the tunnel because once you find a good therapist, it is the best. So what was my process most recently? So when I decided I wanted to go back to therapy, and it's not that I decided I wanted to go back. I always planned on going back. I was just not prioritizing it, which I know that I should have been. Um, But once I, you know, made it a priority, I made a mental list of what was important to me and a therapist, which was how much experience they had. I prefer to see a female, um, what they specialize in, where they were located. So I didn't really want to drive more than 30 minutes. Um, I knew I wanted to have in-person sessions and I knew I wanted to keep it within a certain dollar amount per session. So once I knew that, I went on to psychologytoday.com and researched some therapists that, you know, fit that criteria. And I made a list of five therapists that I thought would be a good fit for me. And once I had that list narrowed down, I then went to Google and found out more information about them. Most of them had websites. Some of them actually were reviewed on Google. So that was super helpful. Um, And as I did that, I then prioritized the list and then contacted the top two. And I contacted the therapist via email since when I was first going through this process back in 2019. Um, I was making phone calls and I wasn't getting any phone calls back. And so, yeah, I have a little bit of like skepticism about phone calls now, but email seemed to work awesome. Um, And I got super prompt responses from both of them, which was nice. I'm actually going to share with you what the email that I wrote said. That way, if maybe you're stuck on what to say, this might give you a little bit of inspiration. And I promise it was short and sweet. So all I said was, hi, I recently moved from Maine to Florida and I'm looking for a therapist in the area and thought maybe you'd be a good fit. I'm 30, divorced, and while very strong-willed, I'm finding myself falling into some of the same patterns I worked so hard to overcome previously. I have no preference if you contact me via email or phone, but I would like to schedule a session soon if possible. Thank you. That is all it said. I gave them a little bit of information about me, not a whole lot, didn't go into a whole lot of detail. Of course, you know, share whatever you're comfortable with. You honestly could just send an email that says, hi, I'm interested in scheduling a therapy session with you. Could you please contact me? Here's my contact information. It can be that short. And, you know, it just gets the conversation going. Uh, So for me, when I sent these emails, I reached out on a Tuesday afternoon and I had an appointment for Thursday afternoon. So I was able to get in super quick. Um, I think a lot of therapists at least try to set up your consult fairly quick because um, actually when I was talking to this woman who I'm now working with, she shared with me that she tries to get people in as soon as possible for the first session, because if she doesn't, when she reaches back out to them, they're like, oh, no, I'm good. I'm good. Um, Like I was just going through something that day, but I don't need it now. And, you know, if you're having that thought that maybe you should seek therapy, just, you know, give one session a try. I don't think that therapy is the end all be all for everyone by any means, but I do think that it is helpful and it has been so helpful for me. So therefore, I'm going to continue to encourage people to go. But, you know, usually the 
therapist will do a consult with you within a few days of you reaching out. So that's nice. And fortunately, one of the women was able to get me in. So yay. (laughs) From there, uh, I was sent intake paperwork. And I don't know how every therapist does this, but I can share with you a little bit about what my intake paperwork looked like. It provides basic contact information. Uh, You let them know what you might be taking for medications, you know, identify personal areas of concern in your life, like depression, anger, and anxiety, uh, share your mental health history, anything like self-harm, previous therapy received, substance use, and if there's any level of concern there, identifying other addictive behaviors, you know, your legal history, your family history, your relationship history, your personal health habits, and ultimately what your goals are for therapy. And again, I know that sounds like a super long list, but it is truly just for your therapist to get an overview of who you are so your sessions can be super productive uh, when you first get started and you're not just recapping everything. Um, Once I gave her my intake paperwork, we went through it and she asked questions and um, that's what we're using right now as a tool. So I've had two sessions so far. Uh, And we're just, we are working through all of that. And then we will really start to focus in on goals and homework because no, as much as I wish that, you know, life problems could be solved with a one hour session every two weeks uh, and not think about anything in the meantime, that's not quite how therapy usually works. You usually do have homework. It's not anything, well, at least for me, I guess I shouldn't speak to that, but it's never anything that is super like time-consuming, and then you get graded on it. Like, yeah, it's stuff to work on, like your personal growth when you are outside of therapy. Um, I find that you need to be as honest and detailed as possible with these intake forms. Um, And I think it's important to remember that a good therapist is there to support you and not judge you. Uh, So giving as much information as possible will help you in the long run, and it will help your therapist help you in the long run. And as you'll later hear in this episode, it is completely normal to feel ashamed, self-conscious, and not proud of things in your past, but those things have helped shape you into the person you are, and facing those behaviors and traits is ultimately a part of your growth as a person. And so truly, there's nothing to actually be ashamed of in the present day, like you are working through those, you should be super freaking proud of yourself. And your therapist is there to support you and be a resource for you and not judge you. So just again, something to keep in mind, like, I know there's been times when I've been in therapy, and I have not wanted to share things with my therapist, because I'm just like, I don't even know why I did that. And like, oh, that's so bad. But if I don't share that, then we can't work through that. And then I'm just keeping it bottled up. And that kind of defeats the purpose of why I am there in the first place. So anyway, you know, do what you're comfortable with, but be as honest as possible. All right. So the fun part, here we go. Uh, Again, as I was talking to people about therapy and what they liked and what they disliked, people were being very honest and I love it. And I'm going to share that with you because Again, I want to be as transparent with you as possible because, again, this process can be super overwhelming, but it is so worth it. And I just, I want everybody to be happy and like live the happiest life that you can possibly live. So we'll start with the negative. What do people hate about therapy? Well, for one, some people absolutely hate the virtual format. So for a while, a lot of therapists were strictly doing virtual 
weren't taking in person. Some have now eased up on those restrictions a little bit. Some have not, but some people really crave that in-person experience. And so this virtual format isn't working for them, but they really like their therapist. So they stay put. And I think that that is really brave, but I also understand why that would be very frustrating. Um, So again, as you're going through this process of finding a therapist, maybe consider if that is important to you. Another thing, like feeling judged, even though knowing for certain that their therapist wasn't actually judging them, it was just their own insecurity coming out. So again, like overcoming your own insecurities and the story in your head that you're telling yourself that your therapist is judging you a good therapist is not going to judge you. They are going to support you. They are there as a resource. I cannot stress this enough. If you honestly and truly feel in your heart of hearts that your therapist is judging you, I would encourage you to find a new therapist because you are not seeing somebody who is a good fit for you. Uh, Another thing people hate is a lot of therapists are either out of network or don't accept insurance at all. So you have to pay out of pocket, which can get to be a little bit pricey. Um, And again, it all comes down to what you can afford and what you are prioritizing in your own personal budget. Like, are there things that maybe you don't need that you can do without so you can afford therapy? And again, I'm not saying this to scare you because there are affordable options out there, but Again, just something to consider um, as you're finding somebody who might be a good fit for you. Um, Again, facing and reliving some moments that you aren't proud of. Uh, This is inevitable in therapy. We have all done things in our past that maybe we wish we would not have done. uh, But now we need to face them and work through them and figure out why we did what we did and how we can avoid doing that in the future. Uh, Again, super uncomfortable admitting things that you're not proud of, but uh, you need to. And, you know, most people have been in that position. um, So you are not alone. And again, I'm going to keep saying it. (laughs) Your therapist is there to support you, not to judge you. So you just you need to feel comfortable being who you are in that space. And finally, you know, just showing up for therapy some days on days when you were just not feeling it, like you don't want to talk, you don't want to be there, you would rather be out at dinner with friends or whatever. Like there are so many reasons on any given day that you might not want to be there, but you know that it is best for your mental health and for your happiness to be there. So you go, but you hate being there on those days. Again, I think most people. But then there's the fun stuff. So what do people really love about therapy? So for one, when your therapist asks questions that make you think about how you really feel. So I think a lot of times, you know, we do things or things happen to us and we know we feel some sort of way, but we actually like can't process exactly how we're feeling. And therapists oftentimes can get right to the root of it by asking the right questions and opening up your eyes and giving you a new perspective. So that is really cool. Um, You know, in therapy, once you get comfortable, I know it might not happen right off the bat, but once you get comfortable with your therapist and you have that open dialogue going, you feel safe to let things out that you couldn't even admit to yourself in the shower. Like, you're like, nope, absolutely not. Like you avoid it, right? Because it makes you feel uncomfortable. So you're not even going to admit it to yourself alone, but then you get into therapy and you start, you know, peeling back the layers of the onion, if you will. And 
you start admitting things that you never thought you would. Again, a really, really cool situation. Um, and again, really just broadens your own awareness to yourself and like what makes you tick and why you do certain things. So really fun. Uh, (laughs) not always fun, but really fun. Then a lot of therapists have different tools that they can use, um, that are available to you. And, you know, these are great, especially on days when you don't want to be there or you don't know what to talk about. So for example, like some therapists will have decks of cards with words and images and they show you like a word and an image. And then you open up a dialogue to see how they fit with your life and each other, which again, helps to expand your mind and your thoughts because these words and images may or may not have anything to do with anything, but it really gets your mind thinking and working uh, so you can dig into other stuff again just a different tool. Like there's so many tools that therapists use. And I think each therapist uses different tools. So what that might look like for you in your situation, I have no idea, but I have used cards. Um, I've used like this, like calming tool. I don't even know what it was. It was, it was weird, but it was cool. Like, I don't know if it was just the power of suggestion or not, but I was super anxious that day. And my therapist was like, here, wear this for our session. And I just felt more relaxed could have been a a mind trick. It could have actually been legit. I don't know. Something with magnets. (laughs) Anyway, uh, in therapy, you learn to celebrate small accomplishments and progress. So again, I think a lot of times, and I mean, I've talked about this on previous episodes, not about therapy. We get so caught up in like the big picture thing that we forget to celebrate our small accomplishments and small wins and the progress that we have made. Um, And our therapists are there to support us. And, you know, I would say make you feel good, but like that's not their primary job, but to help you acknowledge when you do things that are good. So that's amazing. You have a safe space to talk. So again, not judgmental, supportive environment you know, really nurture that mental health and get you excited about your life and dig into, you know, your behaviors and why you do things and unraveling it. But again, safe space to talk about things. It's awesome. Uh, Most things that you say in therapy are confidential. Uh, There are a few exceptions to that rule. Uh, For example, if you are a harm or a danger to yourself or others, then your therapist is required to report those things. Um, And there might be some other situations, uh, but your therapist should tell you about that um, either in your consultation or your first session um, about what is confidential and what they are like they mandatorily have to report. Um, But 99% of the time, probably more than that, it is a safe space for you to just talk about your life. Um, And finally, you know, introspection and discovering more about your sense of self. So anyway, that is what people loved. That is what people hated. Um, We've talked about different ways people have gone about finding a therapist. And I just think it was so cool to get so many responses from people. And guys, I'm being honest, I got a lot of responses from people, females, males, Uh, you know, everybody was pretty open and willing to share. And I am so thankful. Um, But let that serve as a reminder to you that you are not alone. Um, Some people are very comfortable and open talking about their mental health journey. Some people prefer to keep that to themselves. Um, And so you don't always know that, you know, maybe a close friend or coworker is also seeking 
mental health services for whatever, but you are absolutely not alone. There are so many people out there who are seeing a therapist and you should be super, super proud of yourself if you are seeking a therapist or if you are seeking therapy or if you are looking to seek a therapist because, again, you are taking a step for yourself to live a happier, more fulfilling life and that is never something that you should discount. And if that is literally the only thing that you do this year, I applaud you. So anyway, um, that's that. But uh, before we wrap up, I do want to talk just very, very briefly um, about how you can support someone else who may be struggling or who may want to go um, through this therapy journey. So if you have a friend or a relative or a coworker or whoever who is struggling with their mental health, first and foremost, be willing to listen to them. Um, just keep an open mind. Don't try to diagnose them or fix them and reassure them that you're proud of them and that you support them. Do not share with others what they've shared with you unless, of course, they're a danger to themselves or others. Then seek whatever help you need to um, get them. But if they're confiding, you know, really personal information to you, um, that is not for you to share. And I feel like I probably don't need to share that with you. I feel like most people know that. But just a reminder, like if they're divulging their deepest, darkest secrets to you um, or they're uncomfortable, like that is not for you to gossip about. That is not office gossip. That is not group text gossip. That is for you and them and just just be a good support system for them. And finally, encourage them to seek the help of a therapist or other mental health professional. Let them know they're not alone. Um, if it's something that you are comfortable with, you know, you can offer to help them find a therapist. And finally, share this episode with them. There are so many resources available. And, you know, when people are struggling with their mental health, like it can seem overwhelming. They don't know where to start. Um, and I'm hoping this episode gives some insight into how to get started and where to go. Um, I hope I didn't make it too overwhelming, uh, but I did want to be as transparent with you as possible um, as to how to go about that process. And again, if you have any like basic generic questions, feel free to send me a DM on Instagram. My handle is at lovelaughlins. Um, if you have more in-depth questions um, or more serious questions, again, maybe seek the help of a mental health professional or your primary care doctor, because I certainly do not want to point you in the wrong direction. Um, I guess if you do have one of those questions and you don't know where to start, uh, again, feel free to reach out to me and I will try to put you on the right track to finding the answer. <laughs> but anyway, so many resources. You are not alone. You should be so proud of yourself if you are taking time for you to dive into your mental health and live your best life. That is what we all should be doing. And it's it's really amazing. So I'm going to close this episode. I think <laughs> I've talked your ear off enough. But in case you need to hear it today, I love you. I believe in you. And you are so worthy of living a life that you are ridiculously happy with. Not a single person on this planet is perfect, and seeking the help of a therapist when you need it, or even when you don't think you need it, is something you should be so proud of. We normalize physical health in this world, and it's time we normalize mental health as well. While life may not always be easy, you deserve to enjoy all of the good things this life has to offer. So start making moves that can positively influence your future self. Make this year the year you prioritize yourself. Because life is short, 
and you deserve all the happiness in the world. Thank you so much for listening. If you loved what you heard, it would mean the world to me if you would share it on Instagram and tag me at love laugh Lynn's so we can connect until next time. Keep loving, laughing and letting it go. 